0: Welcome in to Free Skate Friday with the DNVR Avalanche podcast crew presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, the official stop to go get your Breckenridge Brewery or any other alcohol you might need in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. I am, of course, Rudo, joined by A.J. Hayfley and Evan Rau. Today, our special guest on the show, the senior Vancouver Canucks writer <laughs> at The Athletic, Bring yes, Let's <laughs> go, <laughs> Thomas Drance, Thank you for coming on. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing well. Excited to play heel to end my Friday morning. I was on morning radio in Vancouver, so I've been up since 4 a.m. Had like eight cups of coffee. I'm ready to
0: piss everyone off. Let's go. All right, then, gentlemen. <laughs> I want it's a good to There will be no making up of statistics. There will be no referencing college play. <laughs> no <laughs> no fake news no fake news <laughs> Kale McCarr
2: versus Quinn Hughes ready fight you mean I can't dunk on him the fact that he was he actually lived up to his college hype and won Hobie Baker and went to the Natty and Quinn Hughes just sort of disappeared from Michigan entirely <laughs>
1: <laughs> who cares yeah. no straight who up cares? like <laughs> this
2: it's in the past it's fine it's done That's awesome he got a jab in
0: but that doesn't help him win the calder so (laughs) no yeah look he's he's gonna win the calder
1: right like we all think makar is gonna win the calder uh it should be close is my basic the basic thrust of my argument i thought that hughes was going to emerge potentially as the favorite Uh, makar got hurt which sort of opened a door but ultimately like Losing those last 13 games, I think, really dinged Hughes' chances because the way that Hughes and Makar were projecting, like they both had a chance to be top 10 all-time NHL scoring among rookie defenders. And, I mean, Hughes had a chance to get into that like Chelios-Bork range. Uh, If he'd done that, plus the Canucks had made the playoffs and he had the narrative heft of being important to his team, I think he had a real shot. It didn't happen. Season ran out. Makar had that huge game against the Rangers, made that big final impression in the last time we saw NHL hockey, but basically the last game the NHL played. Uh, I think that sort of sealed the deal for Makar, but looking at these two seasons, I think they should be neck and neck. Uh, It's an argument that I was making all season, obviously, and um, at the end of the day, uh, we'll see. But I I think Makar will win. Uh, I don't think it'll be as far apart as... You know, LeBron's informal straw poll of Western Conference executives at the athletic.com, NHL or NHL.com voters um have had it, which has been a Makar landslide. I don't think we're gonna see that when the final ballots are tallied though.
2: Yeah, I've uh you have a lot more confidence in McCar's winning than I do. Um Same. I think that I think that the pandemic um has given everybody a chance to digest to get away from everything right and digest some of the advanced numbers and to take in the arguments because mm-hmm. normally you know how awards balloting goes it happens right at the end of the season <laughs> right before the, the postseason <laughs> yeah and everybody everybody is thinking about the playoff team that they're covering right. and the guys who aren't are thinking about their cabin wherever in canada because every person in canada has a cabin
3: <laughs> so it's yeah. called a cottage.
1: Well, no, yeah. it depends where you are. It Sorry. depends where you oh. are. In Ontario, they call it a cottage. Out here, out west, we call it a cabin. So is that
2: is it, that like bagged milk versus not?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't have bagged milk out west either.
0: Uh, co- yeah, we think they're not stone, right? And cabins are log cabins, are what I think I, of. You'd think, except it's just like an all-encompassing thing.
1: All like right. I, I don't know why, but that's how we t- that's how we speak. I, I can't really explain it.
2: Canada, odd place.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very, (laughs) very (laughs) strange.
0: Well, if you're building the log cabin of Kale McCarr's Calder, got a little graphic here that might help him out quite a bit. Nice. As uh,
2: you know, all right,
0: uh, Quinn Hughes, a solid 89 on the skater score. Yeah, like that's That's a rookie season
2: to be remembered. Were it not going up against the juggernaut that was Kale McCarr. I
0: mean, those those numbers
1: are both completely ridiculous, right? Absolutely.
2: Yes. Yes. For a rookie defenseman, yes.
1: There's not a ton ton to choose from, although you should note that the way that this is formatted, right, does give precedence at the top especially to production rates. But if you go to the third section, right, that's where Hughes' edge is, right, which is the underlying numbers, and those have been the numbers that have been the basis of my argument. And, and again, this is based in part on the fact that I have a – Bit of a different way. Like I came up in this industry as a stats nerd. I ended up working for the Florida Panthers in a PR role. Uh, I have a lot of respect for traditional viewpoints on the game. I don't don't think I know everything about hockey. Far from it. You talk to coaches on a regular basis, you'll understand how much you're missing um, in terms of the details, systems in the game uh, that they're catching immediately, like a priori. So, you know, one thing that I really value though, is the players that do the most to help their teams control games. And Hughes has the edge in that. Bracket, and, and that's sort of been the crux of my argument the whole way. Uh, you know, I think Makar is the more dynamic offensive player. I actually think Makar is the better in zone defensive player. He's certainly the more physical player. But in terms of the gravity that Hughes exercises on the game, I think he has the edge on Makar in that narrow area. And it just so happens to be the area that based on what I value in hockey players gives him the edge.
2: How much do you do you look at the thirteen games? That, Sorry, the witch? The, oh, the, the injury 13 games. Yeah, the the McCarr missed, and say, did did Hughes do enough to take advantage? With I mean, because yeah, that's a month's worth of games that he For got sure. to play that Kale McCarr did not.
1: So it's a weird dynamic because of the pandemic here. If Hughes had played eighty-one games and McCarr had finished the season at like sixty-seven. I probably would have weighted it more heavily than I do with the way the season ended, uh, you know, in mid-course, right? Was suspended and then ultimately canceled uh, because of you know the the abbreviations caused by the novel coronavirus. So yeah. as a result of that, like we're looking at a world where playoff seeding has been determined by what's effectively a rate stat, point percentage, and so in a in a in a point percentage dominant environment, how can you not? go back to weighting rate stats as sort of the key indicator in terms of their overall quality. So I actually don't weigh the 13 games missed almost at all. Um, But that's not because I wouldn't usually, usually it would matter to me that X player had been more durable over the course of a season. It's just that in where we landed as a result of, you know, this unprecedented moment we're in, I think it actually gives precedent to rate stats, if that makes sense.
0: You're making our job real easy here, Thomas.
1: <laughs> Honestly. Well, no, I mean, uh, you know, I think the thing is a lot of people have this idea that I'm, like, hating on Kael McCarr. And it's like, Kael McCar's yeah. amazing. Like, you can't watch him and not think he's incredible. Um, you know, and and I thought he had a really strong case. Like, this was not an easy vote even for me. It's just that the things I value, Hughes outperformed him in. And the things that traditionalists value, McCarr outperformed Hughes in. So it's a, a sort of a fun argument.
2: So plus minus <laughs> we can <Let's> re- <laughs> we can agree that it is completely useless and we don't need to bring it up at all beyond this okay perfect done but because i wanted to you- throw that away quickly so that there aren't any like vancouver people watching like, <laughs>
4: <laughs> here we go
2: <laughs> like, but, no, sorry, no, but,
1: no. but we can we agree though that on ice goal differential is a big part of the story sure
2: i'm fine like
1: plus minus is bogus because it dings both players right like the gap in their goal differential five on five does matter to me it's just that the gap's not 21 like plus (laughs) minus would suggest it's 17 right like quinn hughes was plus four not minus 10 based on five on five goal differential the the additional 14 pluses that he loses or the additional 14 minuses that he picks up are empty net goals and shorthanded goals against, which shouldn't be credited to a player. Yeah. McCar though, McCarr though also loses a bunch of ground like McCar's what plus 12, right? He should be plus 22, right? Like he should be, or plus 21. McCar gave like one of the key arguments for me for like, if you were going McCar one of the key arguments for me is the Avalanche are an elite offensive team. But Makar gave them a gear that no one else had. Like when you have Makar and McKinnon on the ice together, you have this just ridiculous buzzsaw team outscoring opponents like three and a half to one, which almost no one else in the NHL did with their best players on the ice. Like Makar's argument is that he took this elite team and made them the best team. And that, to me, is a crucial part of the argument. And I actually think goal differential tells that story well. It's just that anyone looking at Hughes and going, well, he's minus 10. Like, minus 10, he sucks defensively. It's like, no, he was a 20-year-old used in a matchup role. And actually, the team outscored their opponents with him on the ice, five-on-five. Throw plus minus, like fire plus minus, by cannon into the sun and never (laughs) reference it again. But the goal differential does matter to me.
2: It would be nice if they just, like... One 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 year they just like took it off of the stats on NHL.com and like nobody says anything. It just was just gone. (laughs) It was just gone because like call it
1: GD. Just replace it with five on five goal differential. I'm happy to have that counted. I just don't understand why we have a stat that dings offense oriented players. Like why why would we do that?
0: It just doesn't make sense. I can never go away though because they. Give out an award for it now. Right. So.
2: <laughs> which was won by Kale McCarr's partner. Ryan Graves. Which, which is what tells you that stat is stupid. Yeah, because, right. like, if you even ask Ryan Graves, who finished at plus 40, like, are you doing all that? And he's like, no, I play next to Kale McCarr. Are you serious? <laughs> like, but I then- talk to him, and he's like, look, I have, like, 20 points. <laughs> I'm a yeah. plus 40. I can do that math. Like, come on. Like, (laughs) this is not a me thing. The stat is dumb. And so I think (laughs) that his partner, his own, Makar's own D partner, wins plus minus. And it's just like, this is stupid.
1: Yeah. I wonder if he'll be so gracious about the credit McCart gets in contract negotiations. No,
2: he won't be. <laughs> you know, you know his agent, he, he's going to be calling up Chris McFarland and being like, "So that plus minus let the league, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: real Lucky, valuable." Luckily <laughs> for As fans McFarland is not going to have that.
2: No. He, that, <laughs> that the reaction would be amazing. Yeah. Like, be like
1: truly truly to be on a fly, to to be a
0: fly on the wall would yeah. be great
2: for that cackling. Yeah. <laughs> Good, Good for huh? him.
0: Yeah. I thought we were going to have a, a knockdown drag out fight here about well, Hughes versus McCarr, but, but instead, well, we can all still we do that.
2: disagree that McCarr is the best. So yeah. it's fine.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. We can still do that. I want to I, I want to share an anecdote with your um, audience. So I did at the athletic.com the other day these comps. So I have this system of going through comps, comp players where I look at a player's age, height and scoring rate stats. And compare it to every player that's ever played in the NHL dating back to, like, the early 90s. Like, I, I don't consider 80s hockey to be very comparable because you had defensemen who'd have, like, 125-point seasons. When and they score just never 12
0: goals a game, I mean. Yeah,
1: and, and never lift the puck for a single one of them because <laughs> no one can play the butterfly style, right? Like, it's just it's – it's almost a different sport. So, yeah. in the modern history of the game, I compared Quinn Hughes' season to every other player that's come before him. And I couldn't find a comparable. Like there's never been a player, a defender of Hughes's rough stature who scored at a similar points per game rate in the last 30 years. Like what he did was completely unprecedented. To find a comparable, I had to adjust his height. Like I had to pretend that he was a taller player. And then the only comparable that I could turn up was Drew Doughty in 2010-11. So I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. Like maybe I should put that out on Twitter just to piss everyone off, all the Avs fans that, you know, hate follow me. And so so I ran it. So I ran it with Kale McCarr and Kale McCarr also was an unprecedented 21 year old player in the history of the modern history of the NHL. So as I sort of looked through that and thought about it, what occurred to me was like, I don't think you can find a hockey writer who spent more time on Hughes versus McCarr than I did over the past six, seven months. And once I looked at those numbers, I thought to myself, did I underplay? Did I underplay this? Like we have never seen a rookie defenseman class with two players like this in it ever. Like we've just never seen it. Let alone Adam
0: Fox trailing behind.
1: And I even think
3: John Marino should be up there too, if he didn't get hurt.
1: Marino was a, was a very strong consideration for me for uh, my Calder ballot as well. Fox. I do think like Fox had the same ish two way impact as Hughes did. The difference though, is Adam Fox played pretty soft minutes. Like Adam Fox saw a well below average rate of top six competition Whereas Makar and Hughes, like Hughes was a bona fide matchup guy and Makar was like matched to his own line mate or to his own teammate, to his own forward line with with Nathan McKinnon and like credit, credit Jared Bednar, man. Like they used a five man unit in 2019, 20, like salutations, man, that's well done. (laughs) And, uh, and they just crushed teams when they were on the ice together.
2: Well, and that I've seen, I've seen people, the matchup thing I think is where, a lot of people have taken ground away from Makar because they're, they, right. they'll say, oh, well, he played with Nathan McKinnon. It's like, right, but the Avs utilize Nathan McKinnon consistently best on hmm. best. They don't right. shy away from that matchup. They don't get cute. They don't, they don't try and steal a bunch of shifts of McKinnon away from top matchups. Jared Benner says, I trust Nathan McKinnon to be better than the other guy. Yeah. And they go out and they, they <laughs> that also translates to Kale McCarr because he says I trust Kale McCarr and Ryan Graves to be better than the other teams best every time I send them out there. So I'm sending them out there with McKinnon. Yeah. And to me, it just seems like, okay, well, this is a good coaching decision. The results bear that out. I don't see that I don't see that that it's a negative that. McCar is stapled to McKinnon because it's a good coaching decision. If the results were up and down, not very good, then you could say, okay, well, why aren't they doing that? You know, or why is this happening? But because the results are dominant, if they weren't doing that, you would be saying, why isn't the coaching staff putting these guys in this position more often? For sure. So for me, I'm like, okay, great. Now we're making a Jack Adams case while we're here.
1: Well, <laughs> well and that's, and that's honestly, when you look at usage, I actually think that's the key takeaway. Like the the key takeaway from usage is that McCarr, like McCarr, 52% of Makar's five-on-five ice time was spent with McKinnon. In contrast, Quinn Hughes was at about 38% with Elias Patterson. Now, look, I think that's useful context, but both players played against top six comp, an above average proportion of their ice time, right? So it's like, for me, neither was sheltered. There's not a ton to choose from deployment-wise. It's just that McCarr was used... In a more disciplined fashion, which I think was possible because in Vancouver you got to have Hughes out against like McDavid or like guys who skate really fast. You know what I'm saying? Whereas in Colorado you've also got Gerard, and you're very comfortable with Gerard being sort of a matchup guy. So it's 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 slightly different, but it's more about the relative depths depth of the two teams. And I don't really ding McCar for that. I just sort of credit Bednar for being clever enough. To be really, really focused on getting McCarran and, and, excuse me, McCarran McKinnon on the ice together.
0: All right. Well, we are starting to drift into our second topic here. So we can take our first period break. When it comes to McCarran Hughes and the awards landscape, Evan, what would they be? Game changers my man. (laughs) Strabacraft coffee is the game-changing CBD-infused coffee that you can now purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig. You can also get their whole bean or ground options as well, and you can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. The CBD is non-psychoactive, and it's been known to help many aches and pains, including migraines, IBS, anxiety, a bunch of other stuff as well. You can even try it at a number of locations in and around Denver, so give it a try today, and just remember to use that DN VR20 code. We also, if CBD is not for you, have Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, whether it be the Mile High City Copper Lager, the Avalanche Amber, the Vanilla Porter Junior. They have a ton of beers that I love, and you can get them right down there on the bottom of the screen from Davidson's Beer, Wine and Spirits, either pickup or delivery, whatever is convenient for you. Give them a try today or head on down to their farmhouse in Littleton, where you can pick up directly from the source from noon to 8 p.m. every single day and use code DNVR to save yourself $5. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's. We are here Free Skate Friday with Thomas Drance. We've had the McCarr versus Hughes battle, and it was friendlier than I thought it would be. I,
2: I, would, I would like to, to add something to sure. that. okay, to that. Before, let's go. Before we get into Pedersen and McKinnon yeah. and MVP and all that, I would also like to add that Vancouver – I'll ask this, Thomas. Yes. Is it is it harder to be competitive or to be a cup contender?
1: Well, so I think it's harder as to be a, a cup team, contender. As yeah, a team. It's harder to be a cup contender for sure. And it's like the hardest step you make is not from the bottom to being a fringe playoff team. It's from being a fringe playoff team to being what the Avs are.
2: So that's where the Avs were the last two years. Mm-hmm. And then Kale McCarr showed up. And they took a big step forward, and that's obviously. I'm not obviously saying that Kale McCarr is the sole reason for that. No, but we did see the ads without Kale McCarr this year, whereas we did not see the Vancouver Canucks without Quinn Hughes. And with Quinn Hughes, Vancouver was on pace to be a 92 point team, Mm -hmm. which is playoff ish competition. Like it's right on that borderline. Colorado was a 90 point team last year and a 95 point team two years ago and barely snuck into the eighth seed both years. So 92 was right there on the edge. The Abs had 13 games without Kale McCarr. Those 13 games, they were an 88-point team. They would have been an 88-point team if you extrapolate that across the entire season. With Kale McCarr, the 57 games that they had him, they were a 109-point team. That, to me, was a really big difference. And given how close all of the numbers were, it meant a lot more to me. Now, obviously I didn't have a ballot. I didn't vote on it. Yeah. Had I had one, I would have given it to McCar for this reason, because making a team competitive, it's, it's great. And it's, it's sexy for the hard trophy talk, which is why our Panarin is in it. Yep. It's why, it's why Nathan McKinnon and Taylor Hall went head to head two years ago, because not very good teams. Average teams with superstars are easy to find value. It's easy right. to define value. It's a lot harder when you take that big step forward to figure out who's valuable because there's a lot of good players on the team. Seeing those 13 games without Kale McCarr and seeing that the Avs were just okay. And then when they got Kale McCarr, they were exceptional. And to me, that's a harder leap than if you take Hughes away they're a lottery team somewhere. We're not entirely sure how good or how bad they would be, but we're comfortable with the idea that they would probably not be a playoff contender.
1: Oh, I think they would have been bad because like, Hughes was the key part of their power play really. Right. Like so, when you look at the numbers, like, I mean, Peterson deserves a lot of credit too. Miller sort of QBs things, but without Hughes, like the with or without numbers on the Canucks power play indicate right. that that would not have clicked. The Canucks were first in the NHL. By power play goal differential uh, without that clicking they're in a lot of trouble uh, at five right. on five too, like for me i understand and wait the without mccarr team record argument but i also like there's so many different factors that go into deciding how the abs performed during that stretch and mccarr was far from their only injury right like it's not like they were without mccarr right. and had everyone else you know there was a lot of guys down for the Avs in that stretch, that what well, that was like December, right? Like, there's a lot of guys that the Avs were sort of. And then when he got hurt again later in the season, the laundry list of Avs injuries was like, you know, full screen graphic um, on the versus on the broadcast every game, right? So, you know, I, I just I find it difficult to completely associate that with individual value, although I think it's a totally fair argument. It wasn't one that I personally waited a ton. What I weighted more was looking at how the abs had performed as a team with and without Makar on the ice at five on five. And like the abs were plus 21. We've already discussed this goal yeah. individual goal differential with Makar on the ice, but they were plus 27 without him in other minutes. Now, obviously they spent fewer minutes with Makar on the ice five on five than they did without him. The rate at which they outscored opponents with Makar was greater uh, than it was without him, but they still were one of the NHL's, five best teams. Like offensively, offensively, when you take Makar out of the Avalanche attack, right? The Avalanche are the best offensive team in hockey, five on five. We all know it. Take McCarr out of the attack, they're still Carolina. They're still a top ten offense. If you take Hughes and put him on the Vancouver attack, the Canucks score like Colorado. You take him out and they score like Buffalo. You know, like for me, the the gap in impact was just greater for Hughes versus McCar. But I but I did factor in those sort of wowie kind of things it's just that you know the record like I wasn't going to ding Makar or I wasn't going to ding Hughes and credit Makar because his team had a tough stretch with uh, without him or with him it was more about looking at the overall ratio of team performance when that player was on the ice versus off of it the Avs are still regardless of what the record indicates over that 13 games the Avs were still an elite team without Makar and they
2: showed it in over like 2000 minutes I hate to derail us, but I found this question quite funny. It's, I mean, it's true. <laughs> if you ever, if you ever go to the NHL draft and just look down on the floor at the people covering yeah. it, it's just like, uh-huh. it's, it's like the the same variation. <laughs> Of, of, men, of, of like one dude. <laughs> wow. It's like, it's like it's like it's like it's like somebody has a Mr. Potato head but they only have like four replacement parts. And so they just rotate those four parts around and like that's the NHL press corps. And
1: yeah, like... and it includes like a Samsung versus like a Sony voice right. reporter. You know, there's like only right. three versions of phones, three versions. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. The and you know, I mean topic for a different show, but the, the that lack of diversity is very, very disconcerting.
2: Yeah. It's yep. Certainly one of those things that it's like, okay, like it's fun to joke about, but we really need to start making some meaningful changes here. <laughs> a lot of 100%. white
0: dudes with beards hanging oh, out. Dude. <laughs> yep.
2: So anyway, <laughs> Kael McCarr, Quinn Hughes, I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be really, really close. I don't know why we can't just give it to them both because as you mentioned, this was a historic rookie year for both guys. That The NHL had never seen two rookie defensemen with 50-point seasons before. We probably it, were on our way to two guys having 60 points, to be honest.
1: 100%. So. 100% we were. And, um, you know, you get, it, you get into, like, 63-plus points, you're a top five all-time scoring defenseman for a rookie, right? Like, we really would have talked about them breaking through, like, that Ray Bork. Like, when you're being talked about in the same sentence as Ray Bork and young Chris Chelios, like, you're you're historically right. good, especially in this That's era. Special. Just insane.
2: Right. Where, like, the things that they did hadn't been – we hadn't seen it happen in 30 years. Where yeah. you're just like, oh, this is just not a normal thing. It felt normal because they both did it all year. And, like, poor Adam Fox would have had an amazing rookie year. Totally. And, like, that dude's going to get forgotten in, like, five years. It's going to be like – Hey Adam Fox,
3: yeah. <laughs> I like sure. how you, I like how you have to say young Chris Chelios because he played till he was like eighty.
1: And totally, and 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 like toward you know I'm not going to be like when you're being compared to fifty year old Chris Chelios, <laughs> Chicago Wolves stalwart, you know like no one cares <laughs> at that point.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure Chris Chelios cared at that point. He just no. didn't want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. So heart trophy. I'm surprised that this exists. Because at the end of the day, like you look at, you look at how you define value and you look at things like production and you look at rates and you yep. all of the numbers and all of the graphs and charts and everything that exists, right? Mm-hmm. How in the world is Elias Petterson and Nathan McKinnon in the same conversation?
1: Well, I, I didn't really consider Elias Petterson for heart to be totally honest with you. Um, like, like, he wasn't on my ballot. Um, I sort of considered him a little bit for when you have to go to the three guys mm-hmm. who make your all-NHL team. You know, you have to vote three centermen.
2: Yeah. I yeah. sort of
1: considered him for third there, but on the outside looking in with a bullet. Uh, for me, the reason for that, like, I know Petterson shows really well by those all-in-one metrics. But yeah. clearly, clearly, if I'm arguing the way I am for Hughes, I don't weight them. Like, I'm not inconsistent here. I just – there's not – You can talk to any NHL scout, any NHL executive you want. The first time you hear a guy say war, like, please let me know, uh, because that will be a sea change in how players are evaluated by the people who know the game best. Like, it's true. The the all in one numbers just aren't used by decision makers, even in R&D departments, like even the analytics guys who work for teams and have, you know, crazy black box data well beyond what we are able to sort of evaluate players on. Like they don't use it, so I, I tend not to either. And so, with Pedersen especially, like he gets a lot of credit on those numbers because like he didn't take he had a crazy penalty differential, like things that matter to me, but that matter to me at the margins. Um, ultimately, Petterson didn't play top comp for the Canucks. Like Bo Horvat was their matchup guy, right? And and it was hard for me to kind of get over that. Like as much as obviously, if you're in a if you're Jared Bednar game planning for the Canucks, you're like not you're not Bo Horvat's not keeping you up at night like like Pedersen is, but but still you also know that like, you know Pedersen's Petterson's probably playing Kadri, <laughs> you know he's playing second or third line comp, and it's just a different beast entirely. Um, you know when I when I compare that with a guy like even even a guy like Brayden Point. You know, like Braden Point, to me, I value that season a little bit more highly. So for me, I didn't have Pedersen on my heart ballot. Um, McKinnon, I thought, was a clear. And and I'll tell you one thing. Like McKinnon was not high on my consideration list when I went into the voting. Like he he was amazing. And I, and I valued that he was the consistent threat for the Avs, even through almost more man games lost than any other team in the sport. But – you know, in comparison with Panarin and with Dreisaitl, who were really at sort of the top of my list when I started looking into it last week, I, uh, you know, he wasn't at the very top of my consideration set. And the more that I talked to hockey people, like the more that I talked to GMs and scouts and coaches, they were all like, oh, you should vote for McKinnon. Like it's McKinnon with a bullet. That, that was a pretty common sentiment and something that I came to weight more highly as I went through the process. Um, You know, I'm not supposed to disclose my ballot, but I'll tell you for sure that McKinnon was in the upper half of it. Um, You know, I I valued his season significantly um, and more than any other centerman in the NHL. I've
2: I've made a I've made the argument a handful of times for Connor Hellebuck and why he's always a guy that I thought when you're talking about value. Yes. Like what he did for the Jets this year. Lunacy. Yeah.
1: Lunacy. And I don't generally like to consider goalies for heart because there's like six goalies who provided more value than any skater looked at in a vacuum. You know what I'm saying? Just like mm-hmm. a, a goalie who, like even a goalie like Ben Bishop, like you sub in Ben Bishop's save percentage for a 908 league average save percentage. It's like, well, he was worth 40 goals to his team. You know, it's yeah. like, of course, like that's how goaltending works. But for in extreme cases, where, say, you have a defense that's completely decimated before the season and really your bad. team loses their offensive top end and you play on one of the bottom five defenses in the NHL and you play five more games than anyone else and your save percentage is like 0.11 or 0.011 points higher than anyone else other than two Rask who played 15 fewer games. Like, yeah, that edges you into the conversation. So uh, when when voters see my... My ballot, I think it'll look pretty uh, eccentric relative to most of my PHWA peers. Um, You know, uh, not that I have any unfamiliar names or unexpected names on it, but there's a certain top contender that's a lot lower on my ballot than will be, I think, for most other PHWA voters. Uh, Hellebuck, McKinnon and, and Panarin were really the guys that were at the very top of my consideration set.
2: Look, Drysaddle just can't play. You just can't play I'm one fine, way in the NHL. I'll
0: stand alone in my. You just dry, can't play, dry,
2: play one way in the NHL. It doesn't matter. Play.
0: It doesn't matter. No one Bergeron doesn't have a heart, so Drysaddle's <laughs> gonna win. Like, I, I'm fine with I'm fine with
1: Dreisaitl's defensive game. I, I just think again, like what I'm talking about with matchups and how I weighted things for Pedersen. Like, find me the coach who goes into an Edmonton Oilers game. Where Drysaitl and McDavid aren't on the same line, and is like Leon's our t- our hard match. That's the guy we have to stop. <laughs> find yeah. me the coach. Like find me the coach who's like, yeah. uh, McDavid. We'll let him beat us. <laughs> like right. find that for me. Find that. You can't. When he spent fifty his- hurt. <laughs> yeah, when when McDavid's hurt though, like it doesn't change the fact that when you look at the power play and how you parcel out who gets credit for that, and when you look at how much ice time Dreisaitl spends with the best player in the world, uh, it's yeah, just tough for me. It's just fair. tough for me uh, to tease out sort of his impact relative to McDavid's. And and probably not fair. Like, I give them credit for the fact that they're force enhancers for one another. But um, Dreisaitl was not at the very top of my consideration set. I, I'll tell you that.
0: All right. I think we're we're wrapping up this conversation and it is free skate Friday, so we can't escape without playing a drinking game. We'll we'll make the drinking optional, of course. Okay. But <laughs> I have my uh my hot peak IPA here. Ready to
2: drink as we're gonna be playing I'm on my mountain beach today. Oh, you got your mountain beach in. <laughs> no, I do not. I don't oh. have it today.
1: Do you guys I didn't realize we were playing a drinking game. Do you wanna give me a sec? If you want to grab a beer, <laughs> sure. yeah, go. It's, it's actually the end of my work week. Like, I'm not publishing anything tomorrow. So, oh, perfect. Um, it's a perfect time for me to enjoy a beverage. I'll be two seconds. And in the meantime, you can let me know if that CBD coffee ships to Canada. <laughs> I think it does. I don't know.
2: I don't. Yeah. Uh,
0: either way, we're going to be playing Hangman first. Uh, you know, everyone knows Hangman, right? You got to guess the letters, get everything correct, and, you know, be good at. Guessing I want to. So.
2: I want to know why I'm on a separate line <laughs> in that graphic.
0: Yeah, you why? don't. You don't fit in the word Hangman no. AJ.
2: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Messed up. All right. It's like hey, it's like they made the way, graphic and we're like, oh, AJ's part of the team you. too. Oh, thank you for coming on. Much appreciated. Yeah. Appreciate you.
0: All right. So here's our first uh, our first Hangman guess here.
2: Crudely oh, put together thing's... by yours. Drew. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, what the? What is this? Wheel of Fortune or Hangman?
0: Our <laughs> vowels spree. Yeah, uh, you don't have to pay for vowels, but you still got to guess them. Uh, I guess let's like... just. All right, you get a letter wrong, you got to drink. You get it correct, the whole everything correct. Everyone else has got a drink. That's my rules. Wow. Um, we'll just go down the line here. AJ, you're you're first on my list, so.
2: Can I just... Did, what what was our rules about vowels?
0: They're free, but you have to guess them.
2: Okay, I'm guessing A.
0: All right, there is no A. God,
2: so off to a terrible. Start. I guess I'm drinking <laughs> my water since I don't have a mountain beach today. Some beautiful <laughs>
0: artistry being performed by me here. If you fail, if we fail, no. I don't even know what what happens with the rules. Where's, if you fail, where's Eric for this? Uh, yeah, we need someone who can actually draw for this. Uh, Evan, you're up. Um,
3: I'm going to be honest. I didn't listen to the rules, so I'm just going to say T.
0: Good job. It's Hangman. Right. I don't think you need to hear the rules. Yeah, I work. didn't think.
3: I, I haven't played Hangman in many years, but I figured I was okay with that.
0: There are two T's. Do you want to take a guess? <laughs> uh, do we lose points if I guess wrong? So. Gonna, <laughs> no, gonna, you don't. I won't I won't draw the
3: hangman. Well, That's my fine. guess was eliminated by the A, so no, I'm not going to take a guess. I don't know what it is yet.
0: All right. Thomas, I'll go with an E. There is an E. Just one. Interesting. Back to AJ, unless Thomas wants to guess.
1: Okay, so there's no A's, there's no E's. I'm gonna guess the Norris Trophy.
0: He is a god. Wow. He had he had two. It could have been the Calder.
1: I know. I thought about it, but that went, the A and the E. Yeah.
2: That's
3: yeah.
2: Oh my. When, he drink, said, boys, when he said, <laughs> drink,
0: yeah. I'll Join you. I'll join drink you. will drink here. up. Drink up to that. Very well done, the Norris trophy. He only needed three letters to get there. <laughs> um, what's the easiest way to clean this off? I don't know. let's just do this.
2: This is magical. <laughs> this is glorious production on the fly we're We're getting there. we're getting there. All right. I like that the head stayed. <laughs>
0: he's still hanging he's still hanging (laughs) Uh, okay all right one more hangman here as as Ali tries to save me from my horrible production (laughs) (laughs) we're almost there all right all right there we go Uh, We started with AJ last time, so I guess we'll start with Evan this time. Um, R. Let's go with R. There is an R. Well done. I have no guess. (laughs) Okay. You avoided
1: a drink. Good job. Thomas? I'm next. Um, I'm going to guess E.
0: There is an E.
1: There we go. I won't hazard a guess yet. I want to give the other boys a chance, you know. Ah, uh, I see. He already knows. He, he too already early. Knows. Too early. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be sporting.
0: Lady Bing candidate, you know. <laughs> Doesn't take any penalties here. I got it.
2: Rudo, why'd you write a B up at the top? Uh,
0: <laughs> the B's and E's look similar. <laughs> you okay.
4: did the round. It was full on a B. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know.
0: I have no idea. This is good stuff.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: called <laughs> out. This is why it's called Free Skate Friday, okay?
2: <laughs> Jeez, we finally get a producer on the back end and Rudo decides to go rogue on us
0: off the deep end here. Uh AJ, I think you're up. Uh I'm going to go with M. Okay. There is an M indeed. You guys are you guys are on the trail here. I have no guess. No guess. All right. Back to Evan. Uh I'll just go back with T. There are two T's.
3: Oh. I have no guess, but I think Part of like, I can't read your handwriting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Could be part of it. Come on, man. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure AJ knows it. The T's I thought would give it away. For yeah.
3: <laughs> My brain's not in it today. I'll All pass. Right. I'm reading REM at
0: <laughs> Thomas with <laughs> the chance to steal that, I suppose. Hmm.
1: Is that an? That's an M, right? E T T M. Yeah, correct. And I get to guess a letter first, right?
0: Yes, you do.
3: Okay. Oh no, I don't know it yet, boys. Just popped into my head now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to guess just to make sure I'm right. I think I know it, but I'm not sure. I'm going to guess B. B is correct. Uh-hmm.
3: Hmm.
2: What is this B?
1: Certain, certain <laughs> guy with a key Hub City decision that he's facing this weekend. It might um, be that
2: person. Gonna, indeed.
1: gonna go, gonna go with Sir Gary Bettman.
3: <laughs> Sir Gary Bettman, <laughs>
2: is oh, did correct. He,
3: did he get knighted?
1: No, well, just by <laughs> me, just by me for just, not.
2: Just for, by Thomas.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he earned, he earned knighthood by not committing to Florida for, uh, <laughs> for oh, a Hub good. City back in June or in May. <laughs>
0: All right. So Thomas straight up just swept both rounds of uh, of Hangman there. Yeah, I, got, easy. I
1: got turned. <laughs> well, don't worry. Don't worry. You guys will ultimately have won the year-long Calder debate. And, and thanks for having me on and being good sports about it.
0: Oh, no problem. Thank you for coming on. Much appreciated. Uh, I thought the, yeah. the conversation was great. And I've, if you're picking Kale McCarr, I think... I think Kale McCarr's got to win at this point.
1: That's, that's... <laughs> yeah. They're both incredible. It's going to be, uh, It's it, we'll do this again. We'll do this again next year um, and discuss the Norris, yeah. the relative merits exactly. for the Norris.
2: We'll see you in a couple of weeks when uh, you guys smoke Minnesota and it's the first round matchup is, well, is we'll see, man. Vancouver. Let's see, this
1: go. Vancouver team is very much not that good. And I think Eric Sinek and and Marcus Felino, like, They've got the right components to be frustrating, but Vancouver's edge in goal. And in terms of high end talent probably should win the day. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be close though. Honestly, I'm just hoping we get to the point that hockey's being played gentlemen.
2: Yeah. After what happened in Florida today, it's a yeah, little disconcerting, terrifying. <laughs> thoughts, like,
1: thoughts go out to everyone down there affected. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everyone makes it through and hopefully yeah. your audience is, is, is safe and healthy and, Um, doing what they can. But
0: thanks again, gentlemen. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks
2: thanks for popping on.
0: Much appreciated. Uh, Hope to see you soon. Uh, That was Thomas Drance. Everybody again, uh, Vancouver senior writer for the athletic. Be sure to check out his stuff over there. Bunch of awesome content. Always coming out of those guys. If you're looking for other games to play, WGT Golf is now Denver's official, Denver's, DNVR's official gaming partner. I've been hitting the beer a little bit hard this morning, apparently. But you can download WGT Golf and join the DNVR clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com and searching for DNVR2. We already have so many members that we had to start a second clubhouse. It's over 350 people at this point. So if you're looking for a quick game of WGT, you can almost always find someone to do it with you. Over 20 million players are around the world love the game and you can play true-to-life courses like pebble beach beth page black st andrews many others as well we have bi-weekly tournaments which we all basically struggle in severely so if you want to beat down some dnvr people that's the way to do it and potentially even win yourself some prizes yeah other than that it's time for the third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast and we're gonna play a little bit of uh, a, a game between ourselves here as we wait for our contestant to uh, to pop in and and face the world's toughest trivia, as as I'm calling it today. But for now, between uh, between AJ and it's, Evan, it's got a
2: world, dude. It's got to <laughs> be harder than that escalator nonsense the Nuggets had yesterday. Too easy, because it was like twelve questions of cakewalk. All right. and then and then like the right at the very end, it was like. Very difficult. Firstly, though, I do want to play one
0: quick round of Guess Who? Because we have we an can. amazing graphic that I just really <laughs> wanted to use. So we get to, we get to see our faces, and you get to guess a player or NHL-related person. We'll put it that way. Uh, so I'm thinking of someone related to hockey. Y'all need to ask me. Black and white question, not necessarily. Just
3: like twenty questions, like yes Yes, or no. It's it's essentially
0: twenty questions, but you know, it's a human being. Um, I guess we'll start. We started the last game with AJ, so let's start with Evan on this one. Um, is it a present player
4: in the NHL?
2: Is it a man? It is okay. <laughs>
3: this is. <laughs> no, I just read Dario's question. <laughs> um, is it a? I mean, was this a player? Yes.
0: Okay. You've narrowed it down to every retired hockey player in history. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah. NHL player, I suppose.
2: I should. Um, former Av? No. We need you- some uh, counting music to kind of.
0: Some, some, I, all right. I don't have any
2: trivia. Yeah. You know, you know what you need? Guys, going. You need the most stressful music ever created, and that's the (laughs) Sonic Drowning music. Done. Is this an NHL player? Did they play in the
3: NHL after the 2005 lockout? Uh, (laughs) trying to narrow down a time frame here.
0: Let, I don't actually know the exact dates That this player played So let me confirm Pretty sure he did
2: Yes, he did Is it Chris Chelios? <laughs> it's not
0: Chris <laughs> Chelios
2: Take a drink
0: Um. Oh yes. Alright, we're good Can you all hear a, that? No
3: Yeah, I can yes. hear it Okay, perfect Oh boy this is stressing me out. I told um,
2: you. <laughs> the greatest alarm clock in the Was world. Was
3: it a defenseman?
2: No. Uh, okay, so what do we know? It's a it's a retired hockey player. It's a dude. It's not a defenseman, and he played when? After the lockout? Play- I guess we shouldn't. I'm trying to narrow it
3: down. I'm used to watching like video game 20 <laughs> questions, so... i'm trying to narrow down a time frame here
2: right was that accurate was that everything you've said is true okay um so not an av is it a goaltender no all right so it's a forward we're somewhere (laughs)
3: Um did they play Did they play I I'm trying to word this cuz I'm sure they played for multiple teams the majority of their career in the Western
4: Conference.
0: Uh yes.
2: Um <laughs> uh... <laughs> Eric doesn't like this. <laughs> um, Jesus, dude. I
3: don't know. Um, I got some questions to rip off if AJ needs help.
2: Yeah, feel free, dude.
3: Is this a Hall of Famer?
2: Yes. Is this somebody that Avalanche fans hate? Not directly. Okay. I'm sure so. No, not dude. directly. So he's a <laughs> Red Wing? no okay not directly
0: no i I would not i would say no people do not hate him in abs land
2: what was the question was he a canuck yes is it trevor linden yes it is trevor linden
0: (laughs) aj just popped off out of nowhere on that one jumping in (laughs) I tried to make it topical. I picked the Canuck and I wasn't going to pick the hated Canuck. So Trevor Linden is a hall of famer.
2: Appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Wow. All right, then it's not, it's not that hard. So, so that was a little bit of, of guess who we're, we're getting the, uh, the stuff all set up blue liner. Our, our man, the myth, the legend is on his way. He's, just trying to pull in, ran into a little bit of traffic, so we should be here any minute. But in the meantime, I'm gonna put you two on the spot here. Do you have it doesn't we'll say a hockey related, doesn't have to be abs related fun fact for people to store away, a little trivia fact that people can uh put in their back pocket for later. That's <laughs> a no. All right. You two are not going to be much help when it comes to this trivia.
2: (laughs) I don't understand what you're asking. (laughs) You know, something. Do I have a fun fact in my back pocket for the people? people,
0: And it like they say, say something interesting about yourselves that people wouldn't expect. But say something interesting about hockey that, you know, that people wouldn't expect. Nathan McKinnon's car is
3: blue
2: i will say say about player cars the player whose taste for cars most surprised me was ryan o'reilly's with the the old trucks well because um he that was after he left colorado but when he was here it was like like cutting edge like sports cars yeah, really. And yeah. that is surprising. Because yeah. he was like cuz like you like he's like a rink rat and like you're thinking of him as like I don't know, like there's just it's like blue a collar. Right, like and you're like, "Oh, he probably drives like like Charlie Blackman, you know, like Charlie Blackman like drives the same truck that he drove at Georgia Tech despite the fact that he signed a 100 million dollar contract, <laughs> right?" Like like I, I totally thought Ryan O'Reilly was gonna be like that type of dude. And then one day after practice he like rolls out in like a Lamborghini and it was like, what the I <laughs> I didn't I did not see that coming.
3: Yeah. Right. I mean I w- you never know until you have money. And then you could just buy whatever you want because I think in my head I'm like I don't really care about cars. I would never buy a fancy car. And then if I got like a million dollars,
0: I'm would going care. to ball out. I'm getting one hundred percent. Buy ever. a super fancy car if I had tons of money. Yeah.
2: Was there was there was there ever ever like a dream car that you guys wanted? Was there ever one where you like saw it in a movie or something where you were just like, "Holy, I gotta have that!"
3: Uh, I mean, I'm a James Bond guy, so I'm an Aston Martin. Oh, yeah, you see, Aston Martin
0: was mine too. I was way it's simpler than that. Like, uh, the late
2: really 2000s uh, Corvettes, I thought,
0: were amazing.
2: Prius. You know, I, as a kid, <laughs> I I loved pop-up <laughs> headlights. I thought those were the coolest thing in the world.
0: Okay, well, it looks like we are already on the back
2: end to,
0: to play a little bit of Avalanche power play trivia here. So... Uh, <laughs> This stuff is
3: making my teeth look great. (laughs) Thanks,
0: Eric. All right. Joining the show, we have one of our favorites, Blue Liner, jumping on, ready to face the challenge of the incredibly difficult trivia. Blue liner, how you doing?
4: Oh, I'm doing great. Um not gonna be doing too well in a couple minutes. I'm gonna get smoked.
2: What? What? Why are all of our trivia contestants <laughs>
0: right? in their cars? They're always in their cars. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. We'll start you off with an, an easier one. One maybe a little bit more current than the rest of this. That's good. Of players currently on the Colorado Avalanche, which defenseman has the most playoff points in an ABS jersey? jersey.
4: Well, Eric Johnson's probably been with the team the longest. I mean, he has, so, you know, I don't know, he played in the playoffs. Like he wasn't injured in the 2013-14 season.
2: Yeah, he was in that series. Famously got back and stopped that goal.
3: Miracles he scored the last goal for the Avs that playoffs. It's true. He gave him the four-three lead, and then it didn't. I don't happen. know what happened after that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right.
4: I, I remember that, like that little. I was at that game, and then everything just broke down. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like Eric Johnson's the best guess because Kale has, you know, probably like I think had like six or five or six points last year in the playoffs. Gerard had a couple. I don't know if Zadorov. I mean, Zdorov might have had a couple um, the year before, too. I'll
0: I give, guess I'll. I'll give you a hint. Kale McCarr had six points last six, season. Yeah, in the playoffs.
4: See, but I don't think EJ just. I don't know if EJ had that many points. <laughs> I'm gonna, like, get rid of guys like Cole and Zdorov. Although, yeah. Because I don't remember either of them. I
3: wouldn't. Ian Cole gets the weirdest points. You never know.
4: That's true. Um,
2: he did have an assist on the uh McKinnon game winner in Calgary. Oh
4: uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I feel right. like he had quite a bit of points last year in the
0: playoffs. Yeah.
4: Final answer? Um I guess I'll go with Gerard.
0: It is not Sam Gerard. It is Is it, is it McCarr? It is
2: Kale McCarr. Okay. Oh I thought goodness. it was.
0: EJ has five points. I believe Cole has five points. I don't have the list in front of me, so I'm not sure. But it is Kale McCarr. Uh, question number two is uh it's a location question. By the way, all of these are playoff related as as the playoffs are are a bit around the corner for the avalanche, but
4: I know stuff about playoffs. <laughs> I
0: guess. Uh 149 players has suited up for the avs in a playoff game. Of all of these players, which city is the most common birthplace?
4: Ooh. Well, let's see. <laughs> oh, boy. Um did the experts have any like <laughs>
3: <laughs> Never been called an expert in my life. Um, I, yeah, that's because usually these players are born in like really weird, small cities. So I would have no idea. I would just assume like Toronto
2: or something like that. I'm going to guess Stockholm.
3: Stockholm. Okay. Well, AJ's
0: wrong. Right. Some expert. Yeah. Right. I'll I'll even narrow it down to North America for you.
4: Okay. Okay. See, I'm
3: like, See, I'm thinking, are you sticking with a the theme here today? Cause I'm thinking of the guy who worked What city. The guy was from on the show. <laughs> That's where I'm thinking
4: Vancouver. Yeah. I was kind of thinking Western Canada, Vancouver, like maybe Calgary, but yeah, I think Vancouver is probably the best choice.
0: All right. I, I thought this quiz, this week's quiz was going to be easier, but apparently not. Uh, because the correct answer is Montreal. Six players were born in Montreal. Ray Bork, Ian Perrier, Mark Barbario, Patrice Brisebaugh, Patrick Bordelow, and Ben Guite.
2: <laughs> ben Guite was born in Montreal? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did you know you were going to be on the show today with that yeah. shirt? Yes. Oh. I was like, oh, maybe he's just got an abs shirt in his car. He's just whipped it off and put a new one on. <laughs> Always ready.
0: <laughs> Well, All right, 0 for 2 so far. We'll see if we can get one. I don't think we'll yeah. get this one correct, though.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, question 3. Who is the biggest player in terms of height and weight to ever play in the playoffs for the Avs? I mean... Ew. He's six seven and he weighed 250 pounds, according to NHL.com.
4: Patrick Bortolov comes to mind. He was a pretty big dude. Um, I don't know how big Cody McLeod was.
2: Not that not big. Not that
0: big. <laughs> I don't actually know. Two,
3: I'm thinking, I can't remember if they played a playoff game for the Those Peter Worrell.
2: Yeah, Peter Worrell was my Chris guess, the playoff. It was the playoff thing that messed yeah, me up with Peter Chris Worrell. Chris
3: McAllister, I remember, was on the team, but I, can't, I thought he might have gotten traded before the playoffs. So I'm not sure if he's played in the playoffs. That guy was huge.
2: Yeah.
4: I think Peter o was so big. I remember, like, when I was a kid, I was like telling people how big Patrick Portola was. like
0: he was really large. He was a large yeah. human being, it's
3: true. The fact that you just said when you're a kid make me feel so old.
2: I, <laughs> I once had to interview him, and we had to wait for forty five seconds while he put the bottom of his clothes on. <laughs> and it was extremely awkward.
4: <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll go with him.
0: He was huge. Yeah. yeah. It is unfortunately not Patrick Bortolo. Evan was on the right track. Chris McAllister. Oh, he played yeah. one playoff game for the wow. end at six foot seven, 250. I didn't know he pl- I didn't think he was here very long.
3: So I guess, I guess that makes sense. He was on the season. That's the only reason I know he played with the AFs. That ESPN <laughs> show back in the day. There the go. one
2: that followed them during Korea Solani?
3: Yep. That was the year he got traded. That's the only reason I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to the New York Rangers, no less. Yeah. Uh, all right. A little well, bit of a repeat, reprieve question here. It's We'll see. Right. It, it, I'll give you a hint and say it might be a little before your time, but...
2: Which, well, that, that's like 10 minutes ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, well. Which Avs skater holds the team's single playoff game record for power play time on ice?
4: <laughs>
0: single what game? The, single the? single playoff game power play time on ice record.
4: Time on ice record. Okay. Yep. So before my time, so...
2: Can you give us the year it happened?
0: I'll give it to you in a bit because it'll definitely give it away.
4: Um, I was really hoping there'd be some questions about the playoff legend Colin Wilson on here.
0: Oh no, <laughs> that's too easy. Too easy.
4: Uh, I mean, it's probably. I mean, if it, if the year narrows it down, then it probably you know. One of the bigger guys from. Back in the day, like a Sackig Forsberg, maybe
0: Rob Blake. I don't know. The year is 2000.
2: 2000, okay. Sounds like the beginning of a documentary. (laughs) It's year 2000. 2000. Some this avalanche player is playing player all the time on the power play. 14
0: minutes and 24 seconds on the power play in a single game. In a game? Yep. Holy cow. Well, it wasn't Blake because like he wasn't on the team then. 14 and almost 14 and a half minutes. I
4: mean, I know Bork was there for the end of that season. And the only reason I know that was because I did a... 14 minutes? Because I did a, my own podcast about that So, I can't believe there's that
3: much power play time in a playoff game. (laughs) That (laughs) is
2: insane! Wow.
0: All right.
4: Okay. So, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Bork. I guess
0: he's on the board, ladies and gentlemen. It is Ray Bork. We have a we have a correct answer. 39-year-old Ray Bork played 14 and a half minutes on the power play in a playoff game against Dallas. How do they get so much playoff t- or power play time in a playoff game?
3: Especially back then when they were just like, Peter Forsberg would just yeah. get tackled.
2: It had to be five-minute majors.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was the easy one. Now for the hard one. Oh. Oh, no. The same question except for shorthanded time on ice okay well it wasn't that
2: game <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was not that game
2: <laughs> it was the next game <laughs> please be ben Gite.
4: <laughs> that's the thing i don't know a lot of the killers from that time like
2: <laughs> was it on the same team no no okay. different. okay so don't need to worry about 2000
4: I mean, it could be, like, 1999,
3: so. My brain, yeah, my brain would go to, like, that wild series where every time the game was in Minnesota, it was just, like, the, in the abs end, and I'm sure they took a million penalties.
2: Yeah, I was thinking that series, too.
0: The total time on ice is 8 minutes and 34 seconds. That is a
4: lot of time
2: for one dude. Know.
4: Especially shorthanded time.
2: Hell, yeah, it's going to be Jan Hato. <laughs> I was gonna. He had,
0: he had two broken the, hands. The You're general, in the right era. I'm thinking the general. <sighs> you were AJ is in the correct era. It's not Jan Hader though. Hmm.
3: So it had to be the that series then.
4: You know, I saw Jan Hader when I was playing roller hockey the other day. That's a cool story.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, dude. He's a he's around. Like you see Jan Haida at like practice, like constantly just chilling and talking to people.
3: Yeah, he coaches the team there. Him and David Clarkson. Right. Those guys. Speaking of
4: guys hmm. When Aginla was here, his kid played for the organization I played for when I was like five or six. So he was around the rink all the time. So I have about the ten things signed by Jerome Guinla. Nice.
3: nice. So, Must be nice. Yeah. Are they a, are they right on eBay that. for Ruto to find
2: yeah. for a how, game? How or on eBay? <laughs> That game was insane.
4: I have this uh, water bottle, this Team Canada water bottle that I signed and I'm going to put on eBay. And it has my name still written in it, so... Hmm.
0: Just ahead. don't don't take a picture of that side of the water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a guess? So if it's that era, yeah. Final, final clue. Two players with this last name have played for the Avs. <laughs> Not related, but... They both had the
2: same last name.
4: Gabriel Bork, maybe.
0: Way too early for Gabe Bork.
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: Just the first thing I could think
2: of. Gabe Bork came during the Pain Era. Yeah. That and, like, there, I mean, were, and there were three Borks. Okay. Pain Era not is too. the first thing he remembers. Oh. So. <laughs> is there, is any any sort of
0: ideas? I mean, uh, if it's not uh, Jan
2: hate I'm guessing it's Sarah one Johnson. Might
0: all-time least favorite avalanche players for completely non-real reasons i'm
3: i mean if it's in that area the guys i go to are like andre benoit and like nate gannon nate gannon but i can't think before of another gannon, gannon. yeah oh, before gannon holy cow so scott hannon
2: or someone like that oh yeah it has to be scott hannon because we also had dave hannon
3: correct <laughs> oh. Oh. He didn't even get a guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't we, I took
2: spent like the last 7 minutes telling stories. We got time.
0: <laughs> we we'll give it to him. Hey, always blue liner. If you swing down meet us at the bar tonight, we'll hook you up with a sticker pack just for coming on.
2: We're going. Right.
0: But I I hope you're I hope you're doing okay after the struggle of the the impossible quiz here.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm really just glad that i got one right
0: so yeah you're on the board i mean hey look I, no one i think two is the most anyone has gotten so far so you're you're keeping up with everybody else but either way yeah i guess uh first of all thank you blue liner for coming on or anything you want to shout out abs wise or or otherwise
4: i'm just saying uh they should totally resign colin wilson after this year
2: Get him out! Caught and... <laughs> <Got> him! Caught him! Is there
3: something behind this Colin Wilson love? I don't
4: know. It's just a great name to yell
2: out.
3: Yeah, it is.
2: When are it you yelling fun. it out? Yeah, where
3: do you is it, do you see him in the stands? Like up at the press box? Are you at like the grocery <laughs>
2: store just shouting Colin Wilson?
0: Yeah. I I blame yeah, no. Tom Hanks for this. All right, if he'd never named yeah. volleyball Wilson. Well, that was the
2: brand. He yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to go deeper yeah. than that. It's not Tom Hanks' fault. <laughs> he
4: you liked my comment on Instagram, once oh, there it is.
0: So now we know. Now we know the real answer. Okay, this makes <laughs> I, sense.
4: I've, I've met before, and he's a pretty cool dude.
0: So, yeah. Well, the problem is Wilson actually would have to be healthy enough to play to resign. So. I could could see it. (laughs) You could pay him league minimum. (laughs) Get Evan out of here, too. Cut them both. There you go. Allie's (laughs) saying it's time to go. So,
2: yeah, it's time to go.
0: Thank you again, Blue Liner, for coming on the show. Much appreciated putting yourself up to the trivia. We are going to get out of here for the day. But first of all, I think we can all agree that that trivia was a straight up manscaping. So,. It's time to acknowledge our sponsor, Manscaped, where you can head to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. You can get the amazing Lawnmower 3.0 alongside the perfect package, which includes the anti-chafe deodorant, the spray-on toner. AJ was even talking to me the other day. You can get these amazing shave mats, some cologne. All sorts of other things going on
2: there. Check out their breath breath mints, mints. like a big thing of breath mints for like three bucks. I was like, why not? Right? So, they got the card in case you ever need one. It's perfect.
0: Whether it be manscaping the hair, whether it be keeping your breath straight, make you smell good, they got you covered. Manscaped.com. Hit them up today. That is the end of this free skates Friday up, down, all over the place. It was a fun one. Hope y'all enjoyed. We will be back on Monday, but until then, take it easy and hopefully hockey gets here soon.